0: hello
1: Thanks, Dean. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Wisconsin Music Podcast. Amplifying Wisconsin musicians. This week, we amplify Kirsty Krause. She's originally from Janesville, but she is now going back and forth between Green Bay and Asheville. She... Is promoting her album titled Yes You Can. And we're going to hear about three to four songs from her, her experiences working in Nashville. And she also has a gig coming up on October 14th at the end of this week. So listen in for the information on that. The annual holiday music showcase episode is coming up in mid-december so if you have a holiday song or two or three send the files to wisconsin music Podcast at gmail.com with holiday music showcase in the subject i'll add it to the showcase if you need that song for the holiday music showcase recorded contact me through the ztf studio email ztfstudio at gmail.com as i'm having a free recording session weekend coming up for a limited number of artists that have one song they like recorded and mixed down in Grove, wisconsin this is a project for the Recording Arts Club that I run. Well, let's get right into the conversation with Kirsty. Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. This week we have Kirsty Krause. She's going to talk to us today about her new adventures in music, her origin story, her new recording. She's got this gig coming up in Madison on October 14th, so we're going to talk about that as well. So, Kirsty, welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Hey,
2: thank you so much. It's so good to be on here.
1: Pleasure to have you. So uh, let's get right into it. I know you are on a time limit. Let's talk about your music origin story. How did you get started in music? And, you know, do you become from a musical family? You know, kind of give us the idea of how <laughs> music became so important to you. And it's basically your life right now.
2: Yeah, it is my life. Everything revolves around music every day of my life. But I love it that way. I chose it to be that way. Um, I, it's kind of choosing is a a funny word for me because I really feel like music was in my heart from day one. Uh, I started jumping up on picnic tables at the age of two and taking requests at family functions at, you know, the park. So it just kind of happened. And then I remember declaring on a piece of paper when I was six in school, like when I grew up, I want to be, and I put and S-I-N-G-R, because I couldn't really spell. But <laughs> I went, you know, I was trying to say singer. And right. um, from there, it was church, choir, and and community theater, and then, and then the Fireside, the professional dinner theater in Fort Atkinson, um, dance, piano, guitar, writing songs, making trips to Nashville. It's just every activity I kind of did a lot of, place growing up in a lot of like stuff around church um but my grandma sang in the church choir uh not well but she (laughs) sang and i think that was just like okay i sing too so i do the church choir that's kind of how it worked. i i do think that my dad might be a secret singer but being the oldest of eight kids big uh catholic farm family you know he was very much geared towards sports so, I think that there is some sort of entertainment kind of bone in his body, but um unfortunately never got to foster that, and i'm I'm still working on him to maybe explore that even today. you know
1: cool, cool. Is that the only person two people in your life that basically are musicians or you have yeah. other yeah?
2: That's really, that's really it. I had an uncle and um, he was in a band out of the Janesville area. And that was my first time on stage. They just got done performing achy breaky heart. And <laughs> I jumped up and I was like, go and tell my heart. And that's like the only part I knew, right? Yeah. Like achy breaky heart. And I did it over and over and over until they, <laughs> until they thought it like wasn't cute anymore. And they're like, yeah. okay, you can get down. But right, right. that was my first time on the stage. Was when I was four.
1: Okay, yeah. cool. And then, where did you go from there? What was your next major step into music?
2: I really okay. So when I was twelve, I my mom got some advice about how, or even eleven, about how I like country music, and uh, really country music started for me through Leanne Rimes and Shania Twain. Being uh, Shania was crossing over, Leanne Rimes was coming out. Um, so he's like, "Well, if she likes country, then she needs to write her own songs." And my mom was just like, can you help her with that? And this was uh, Na- Nathan Weslewski, and he was from the Fireside Dinner Theater. Okay. He never written songs himself, but he said yes. And then we sat down and wrote like three or four songs together, one including a Christmas song. And that was a big step for me. I remember he also worked with me on my mixed voice, because um, the female voice has seven changes. Uh, which is more than guy changes, which is why that guy has had a significant change in their vocal, you know, uh, right. but um, there, there is a, a pretty big break that happens at around 13. And I had to learn how to, how to sing a little differently and like sing with my mixed voice. And it was all because of Nathan. And then um another person, out of Wisconsin, Victoria Box, who's now known as the uke player, ukulele player, don't you can drive. She at 15, like, let me borrow her guitar and started showing me chords. And and at that point, I was traveling back and forth to Nashville to write and um, trying to, yeah, join. I joined NSAI, which is the Nashville Songwriting Association, Inc. And um, just started writing and getting my songs critiqued and and really starting it on like that kind of level.
1: Okay. And so at 15, you're going back and forth to Nashville. Were you doing like open mic things while you're down in Nashville as well? Or were you just concentrating on just, you know, writing and working on guitar?
2: Yeah, I I was doing writer's rounds um, or just like small showcases. Like my mentor would be on stage and he would have me up on stage and doing a couple songs that we wrote and and things like that. So I was really introduced to the whole community and kind of how the inside of Nashville works in the music industry at, at that age. Like, okay. you know, all the no germing and like how to approach people and like, and but he really opened the doors to be able to kind of skip the open mics and to be able to like start doing rounds at a couple of staple places.
1: Okay. And for um, people that don't know the Nashville music life basically can you like expand on that a little bit more so yeah. they can kind of understand that a little bit more
2: yeah a writer's round in general is is happens every day pretty much every evening here at at a bunch of places, but there's maybe three or four people on stage and we all take turns singing a song and then you start over and, and and I'll sing a song and the next person, the next person. So that's a, that's a writer's round, but um, there are places where you can go to do open mics and sign up and be kind of towards the end of the night and, and kind of want, you know, you sign up early so then you watch everybody and then you play at the end of the night and, I have been a big advocate on sending out the list and keeping tabs on who runs them so I can send them over to UK friends or people that are trying to get into Nashville to just play, to just have their songs be heard in that light. And um, so there's just, there's always staple people that run rounds. And if I was in Nashville more, I would maybe run my own round. But I just, I travel so much.
1: Right, right. Wow, that's because you don't hear about that up here in Wisconsin a lot. It's either open mic or you already have a a band that you're trying to get established, but you don't hear about the the other side of that type of. Yes.
2: And I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but um, it's I'm working with Elizabeth Mary on doing something in the future to bring a Nashville writers round up to Wisconsin. So, stay tuned because I'm really excited about it. And we'll have all of our friends up there to be a part of it.
1: When you do that, contact me because I would love to be a part of that somehow. That'd be really really cool. We could do
2: like side interviews and and that'd be great. That'd
1: be cool. Very cool. Like I said, I want to try to amplify as many great musicians up here in Wisconsin. So that would be definitely a, a good way to do it as well. So yeah, keep me, keep me in the loop on that. That'd be great. Have you performed in Wisconsin more than Nashville or vice versa?
2: Um, Probably at this point still, I have a place in Nashville. And then I have my my parents' house is my home base up there. Uh, But thankfully, people let us stay in the Green Bay area. I went to high school up there. So I'm about to go to Green Bay next weekend like not this weekend but the weekend after uh there's been a couple people who've asked me if i've moved back to wisconsin full-time and i was like no i'm still like i'm back and forth back and forth um but it's i probably to this day have played more shows in wisconsin okay nashville
1: yeah so then what i'm alluding to is my next question is local scene attitude the positives and the struggles what have you kind of observed that are the positives in the local scene and some of the struggles that you've seen. And you can compare both of them or talk about one or the other.
2: Yeah. So Madison in general and, and like Wisconsin, I'm not honing on Madison just cause that's like, that's home base. But like okay. uh, the very positive is that the environment of Madison is so open, friendly to all genres and the creation of genres. But to get gigs, if you're, in, if you're in a genre outside of rock, country, or blues and funk, if you're kind of like an in-between or a jam band, like maybe it's harder to get gigs. But at the same time, the creation side of the community is amazing. And there are certain places that will have all kinds of music. It's just there's only a couple of them. Yeah. So that's kind of, and that's, I feel like exactly how it is in Nashville as well. Like there's a whole rock, there's a whole jazz, there's a whole funk community down here. There's just only certain places for it to be and um, not as supported uh, publicly as far as like radio stations. There's just not as many of opportunities for that. Um, I have... Put out this record and this has been i wanted my first record to be 100 percent what i thought was music like that feels good to me and that i love and it wasn't wrapped in a bow here you go cmt like
3: mm-hmm.
2: it wasn't like that it, and okay. i i didn't want it to be that i needed my first record to be a complete expression of like what i do like as far as that shows how i write like just my footprint. So um, that was, that was important to me. Doesn't make it harder to get a music video on CMT. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, but there are other artists that go that completely, if you're authentic to your path, people will jump on board.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, let's take a staple things like uh, mascot theory and bands like that out of Madison that have completely been, True to themselves, and everybody loves them. They create it. It it maybe took a little bit, but they're they're stable face. You know. Yeah,
1: I hear you. I hear you. If you have a solid foundation, it's really a positive for you to keep growing. If you if you're a flash in the pan, it's you're here and you're gone, and no one really remembers who who you were.
2: Yes, and um, I'm so glad you said that because everything I do is about the longevity.
1: Yeah,
3: because
2: I want this as my life's work you know so um every every decision i make is to either protect what i love or continue what i love you know
1: cool very cool and that takes us to your album yes you can correct yes okay so
2: let's talk about that there it is yep in physical form which i waited so long for it's 11 tracks and uh there's five singles that i released off of this and then um you know six other songs but it was such a cool experience the only other album that i have um i this is my first like artist project is um i was 12 and put together okay uh like a whole cd and then went and did like Summerfest and tried to do things like that around the album so now i've been touring uh for this project and it just it feels good i've been working on this to be here for so long and um, I got lucky I got to be a part of every single um, tracking and studio like decision and experience and that was like the coolest thing ever there's not a lot of artists that say that they did that you know
1: if we can let's talk a little bit more detail about this album how did it get started where was it recorded and kind of give us like the process of it as much as you can so people kind of feel like they were kind of part of it with you
2: Absolutely. It was uh, October of 2017, about five years ago. My anniversary uh, is coming up that I came down to Nashville and I immediately started. I had been writing for this record for three and a half years, back and forth, back and forth. And um, just kind of take it like knowing I was getting ready for for a record. Um, And then as soon as I came down and started demoing, we spent about a couple months demoing everything out and figuring out the sounds, figuring out what songs were going to make it, uh, because it's a lot of years worth of material. And then we got into the studio. I believe it was, we went into soundstage and did drums with uh, Rich Redmond, who's a the drummer from day one for um, Jason Aldean and that was really cool. I I met him through a networking event. So I was like, "Will you made my record, you know, (laughs) I have some songs that I need you to do. So he, he did about six of those six songs uh, with his touch, which I really needed. And the rest has like a different drummer. Like, so we were really meticulous about who was going to play on each parts because of what they were bringing to the table and their strong suits. And that was really cool too. but yeah, it took us it took us probably like two years just for like tracking and to really get it down. And then I brought it over to Sound Kitchen uh, Studio C with Dr. Ford, and he finished additional production and we did vocal production there. And with that, we were we were done in like three months. And then I was looking at mastering. I had a Pete Lyman master it um, from Infronic Sound, and he's done. Keith Urban and Thomas Rhett and a bunch of, a bunch of people. So I was referred to him and I was like, cool, if he's willing to do that, like let's, let's do that. Yeah. And um, then I immediately started just sending it out like, as kind of like, Hey, this is coming out. What do you think? Kind of like the under the table, sharing it with industry people and um, knowing that You know, no matter what, I was going to release it. So then fast forward to uh, February, right before the pandemic, I got all the physical copies in the mail. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) And then I was like, wait, what? What's happening? And then I sent all the packages to all the Kickstarters. So this album really happened because people chose to do like back the project and help Uh, put it together so i did a whole like i'm moving to nashville and i'm also doing a kickstarter we're doing a record like let's you know let's do this together and it was really a magical time to be able to do that and to have so many people that backed the project so to be able to deliver it to them then in a time where it was it was a very like dark you know weird time yeah but to have like all put all the packages together and then just start getting their messages after they listen to the record was like so uplifting. Like it was made, it helped. It helped me yeah. <laughs> so much. But I was so excited. And then um, July of 2020, I was able to um, start releasing singles.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah. So, did the Kickstarter cover all the expenses, or did you have to use your own personal finances to finish p- paying for everything?
2: Uh, I think people don't even believe how much things cost. <laughs> it was the expenses to create this. Yeah. Um, you know, funds for me and my family support, and you name it, like, have come in to help market, to help continue. You know, make a make a music video, um but to record another song, uh, get in the studio for a Florida song. So uh, stuff like that. I mean, there's there's always there's always expenses. yes you know, yes. let's pay the bass player and and the band to play. Yep. like let's yep. so there's just always stuff that that comes up, which is why you as a musician, even though maybe you're really right brained, just have to be really good about. This, I need this for the future.
1: Yes, I hear you on that. Yeah. Talking about, you had five singles. Would you like to put like two or three of them on the podcast for people to hear so they can yes. kind of get a taste? It? Cool. So, you know, if you want to tell a little story behind each one.
2: Okay, awesome. Well, I would like to share number four, something new on okay. the record. And uh, this is my last release before everything came out. And I really feel like in... A sense this is the title track even though the title is yes you can and stemmed from my song gotta do but something new i wrote about the fear of leaving home and not being able to be at all the things like mother's day and my cousin's baby showers and i miss i miss that kind of stuff especially if i don't get notified Enough in advance, like I can't make it happen because I I've already made a schedule of shows, so it's hard. But um, you know, nobody in the song it says nobody's asking me to. Uh, it's something that I have to do, and in the song's called something new. It's about you know moving to Nashville and being around that kind of world where everybody is just living to their beat of their own drum, yes. essentially, and it's and it's really inspiring. Spin had so much fun. I used to perform with my band, Thirsty Jones, and we were based out of Madison. And uh, we performed together for about three and a half years. One of our main staple places that booked us from day one was called Off the Hook in Indian Ford, or aka Edger Tucky, if anyone is from there <laughs> knows that slang. Um, Nick over there at Off the Hook was so supportive and we had regulars that came in and it was so great. So just one more number 10 on the Yes we Come album was based off of that place. I actually got asked to write a song. They're like, Will you write a song about going up to the bar and just being like, nah, eh, I got time for one more or like, nah, eh, give me give me one more. And <laughs> I took that challenge and decided to go write the song and just put in details of everything that I experienced. Any time I went to Edgerton, and I'm I'm from a town of Janesville, which is not that far from Edgerton. So when I go up there and play, those are my people. Like I understand them. Like Mm -hmm. that's you know, and it. And so that song is really was important for me to put on the record, just because. Of that place and like bringing my roots into it um, and, and making sure I have that song but we definitely had a damn good time performing that song every time <laughs>
0: Let's break and break it.
1: what's your third song?
2: Uh, So my third song is number two bird and bird was a single release. Uh, Bird is about not flipping people off (laughs) and it's about focusing on the positive and just not even letting anybody in, like get into your realm or under your skin enough, just like rolling off your shoulders and being like, you know what? I'm not even going to let you make me that mad to want to flip you off. It's just not worth it, you know? And and that's what the whole song's about. Like I had uh, an encounter with somebody here in Nashville and I was like, whoa, I I don't even know how to react to how mean you're being right now. And so instead I just kind of smiled and gripped my teeth and bared it, which is one of the lines and, and, and says you ain't even strong enough to steal my pride, but it's crazy how you write songs maybe about something, but then they have, a whole new meeting, you know, two years later, when you're listening, it's so, I think that's so cool. It's like, you didn't even realize that you needed that in the future, the, the song. So uh, it's called Bird and uh, about not giving people your bird. And I have a uh, t-shirts that I would say just ran out of them, but they're called, you don't deserve my bird. And it's just, it's really fun and it's fun to go back Like I was just at the Taste of Madison and seeing people sing that song, it makes me so happy. And being at Atwood Fest this year and Brock Fest uh, was was just so much fun. I never
0: thought Poisoned by your cynicism, lies in the shine. It's me, but living in a shadow of clouds. But this is my philosophy now. Hey.
1: like an anthem for you almost it sounds yes like.
2: we did kind of production wise make it anthemic so that's it's kind of cool and it's one of those that snuck in on the record pretty late in the game but it was just i wrote it and we we're like this has to go on it fits and we need to make this happen
1: awesome cool i only have a few more questions for you and then um you can get on with getting yourself ready for your tour
2: awesome yeah tonight is a private birthday party oh cool and so my friend crystal king who is originally from north carolina and i are going to get together and sing some deep songs we're going to sing our songs and we're just going to surprise somebody
1: amazing amazing very cool um i know this is basically your your life now is playing music but did you have a a time during this where you have like a a work-life balance or like um personal life musician's life balance that was troubling or you kind of have a good control over that
2: yeah i mean it's always a balance taking a day off is few and far between but i do take a lot of mornings for myself just just talking personal life uh, personal and work balance um in the morning time i have like a whole routine of meditating and walking and listening to podcasts you know getting my coffee like kind of go into like this robot mode where I can be in this headspace um, to kind of set me up for the day and to be able to tackle and, and get back to messages and things like that. So um, as far as work, like I I did do a couple of corporate jobs in Wisconsin and that my first corporate job, I actually took kind of a break for like a year and a half, a little over a year and a half where I only performed like maybe once or twice a month. And for me, that was like nothing, you know? That was like, I wasn't really doing music. I was just like focusing on my corporate sales job. And in the end, it really made me sad. So I was like, I can't do this. So I slowly started taking jobs that would help me to be able to have more energy after work, so I can do music. And uh, my last job was part-time at an IT company And I was able to book shows and work a flexible hours internally. Yeah.
1: And my last question for you is gigs that have made an impression on you. And why did they make that impression on you either as a performer or an audience member, or you can talk about both instances.
2: Okay. Um, I was at the Gobbler Theater in Johnson's Creek, Wisconsin, and I opened for Pam Tillis, Susie Boggus, and Terry Clark. Oh, wow. And, That was my first time ever getting on stage. It was a huge goal of mine. I wrote it on a piece of paper. I wanna play a 30 minute set by myself. And for me, that was a feat because I hadn't played the guitar by myself on stage that for that long. And I was like, I wanna do that. And the Gobbler's normally a 45 minute set. But for some reason, these women, the Chicks with Hits tour asked for a 30 minute set, female artist, and they asked me. And on the phone, I was like, Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> ah, and I like hung up and I was like, "What did I do?" But that was really meaningful because I can't even describe to you the feeling when I finished, and then walked, and then on top of that, walked off stage and got to speak to these women and hearing so much encouraging, heartfelt things to icons. I was like, "Oh, I was like, oh my god, yeah. what is happening right now? This is amazing." It was, it was really like an imprinted moment, you know.
1: Fantastic! You'd be like,
2: I can do this. Yeah, yes, you can. Right. I can do this. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that's that had to be just a great experience, just to be surrounded by those three women and in front of all those people doing your thing. And just you know, it's one of those things in your life where you're like, this is this is awesome.
2: Oh yeah, it was, and and I was so like proud of myself with something that I prepared for every day for like an hour um for like a month and a half like yeah. I, so I was like i'm gonna make this happen and i'm gonna do it to my satisfaction of like my best my very best and so um super excited now fast forward to today i have a show on the 30th which is this weekend like yeah. in a couple days from now and i'm about to play in front of 300 people at the jim parker songwriter series and I'm nervous,
3: mm-hmm. but
2: all I have to do is practice multiple times a day and little windows and just make sure that I have it completely right. So I don't let anybody down and I can be feeling that proud. As right.
1: Well. And not let yourself down either. Right. Awesome. All right. So is there any questions I haven't asked that you'd want to talk about before I let you go?
2: Uh, I, I was just going to ask you who, uh, who's like your favorite Wisconsin artist that you've really gone to shows and helped start this whole thing?
1: That's a hard question because um, there are, there are so many great musicians out there and being a musician myself and a music teacher and audio engineer, I get to see and be a part of a lot of different great musicians that I really can't name one that's, there's so many great musicians out here that I've met just doing the podcast over the last two years that I don't want to specifically say one artist because there are so many great Wisconsin artists out there. I think people just need to find their own love for local live music and support those local musicians.
2: Absolutely. And I definitely know a handful of people like Fast Eddie and, and people that just go out to all the live performances and, and, that's you know music is something that can uplift and literally change someone's perspective and mood and it is so powerful um even in like i was listening to a podcast today about with danica patrick about like the 432 hertz and like yeah. just the power of binaural beats in music in general mm-hmm. so like it's it's really it's really cool and fascinating i love that it brings people together and um, I guess the what I would like to say is, for my music and, and my platform, I really want to uplift people, ha- encourage them to go after whatever their dream is, yeah. and, and to feel good. Like, if you're having a sad girl moment, that's probably <laughs> not my platform, you know, it's more right. to like, get you moving and grooving and listening to those bass lines where there's a little bit of 70s in there and there's 80s rock and... And then there's this country top line and it's its own kind of sound but um i really want to make people feel good
1: right and they're going to be able to experience that on october 14th why don't you talk about that gig real quick
2: yes i'm so excited sam Lyons is on board he's a staple madison person and i met him so long ago at like buck and honeys the original location in uh, sun prairie And, uh, him and I are going to do an hour set each at Cargo Coffee East, right downtown on Madison, uh, where Dana hosts all of the, uh, the shows for uh, Cargo Coffee. So I'm so excited. October 14th. Uh, make sure you are there. What time does it
1: start? uh,
2: It starts at, I want to say 6.30. Okay. Let me look at my calendar. Uh, yep. 6.30 to 8.30. Right on East Wash.
1: Awesome. And where can people find you online?
2: Uh, really, you can start at KirstyCraws.com. If you want to message me or connect, Instagram is the best. It's kind of my generation. Yep. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, I really am on, I'm on TikTok now doing Excellent. a lot of tiktok doing a lot of instagram and facebook and all the things so yeah
1: cool. very cool well Kirsty, thank you so much for being on the wisconsin music podcast it was a pleasure talking with you hearing about your story and i hope everyone out there has enjoyed this as well as much as i have so thank you so much for being on the show
2: oh i love it thank you very much for just this platform in general and it's been my pleasure to come on here thank you for having me
0: the best. We go, we go, we go around in circles. my mama said, honey, you shouldn't be jumping her nose. Look, ain't supposed to be
1: information from another great Wisconsin-based artist, Kirsty Krauss, that I am very fortunate to help amplify. If you'd like to be on the Wisconsin Music Podcast, I have a guest request form on the website, wisconsinmusicpodcast.com. Just fill that out and I'll send you an information request. Also, the annual Holiday Music Showcase episode is coming up in mid-December, so if you have a holiday song or two or three, send them to the email wisconsinmusicpodcast at gmail.com with Holiday Music Showcase in the subject. And in the email, attach the files and information about you. I'll add it to the showcase. Also, if you are in need of getting it recorded, contact me through the ZTF Studio email, ztfstudio at gmail.com. And I'm going to be having a free recording session weekend coming up for a limited number of artists that have one song they'd like recorded and mixed in Unigro, Wisconsin. This is part of a project for the Recording Arts Club that I run at the high school. Well, that's about it for me this week. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.